This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, happy new year, everybody. By golly, here we are in 2022. Um, I don't know whether I'm excited or scared, but here it is anyway, nonetheless. Um, Full of events, too, because uh, as much as... There are people that are afraid to go out. There are many people, and and I'm one of them, that have already ventured out and am not afraid. Although, for the biggest event of the year, normally for me, the Consumer Electronics Show, I'm not there. I didn't go. The reason why? Daughter having a baby. And I knew if I would go, she would have it. Now, she did not have it. I could have gone. And that always exactly is what happens. So, uh, oh, well, that's fine. She's about to pop any minute. Steve Koenig, Vice President of Research for the Consumer Technology Association and CES, is joining us to help tell us what went on. Because we're all sitting on pins and needles waiting for my daughter to pop. And nope, she didn't. So any day, you know, that's how it goes. That's always how it goes, Steve. How you doing? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm tired. Uh, it, what a great <laughs> event this has been. I'm ready to put my feet up. Uh, uh, I've canvassed, I think, on every square inch of the show floor here at CES. Uh, so, a fantastic event. Uh, we had uh, over 2,200 uh, exhibitors. Wow. And among those, uh, 800 plus startups from 19 different countries. Yeah, just an amazing event. A lot of buzz, a lot of buzz all around the show floor. Great event. My producer says I should clarify, my daughter had a baby a year ago. My daughter-in-law, both named Rebecca. That's the funny thing. So we have a Becky and a Rebecca. So it's my daughter-in-law that's about to have the baby. Anyway, either way, I look at them both the same. But So, okay, so 2,200 companies were not afraid to go out. Thank goodness for everybody that showed up. I know there was a lot of news like uh, GM at the kind of at the last minute. Mary Barra was supposed to be your keynote and she opted to do a virtual keynote. And I mean, I look at the way I look at this. I mean, Google, Waymo, there were some other biggies. This is a giant organization, a giant company, General Motors and, and Google. Lots of people, lots of, I'm sure, legal liabilities and garbage that they had to sit back and go, all right, you know, uh, maybe we should hang this one back and, and just kind of uh, do this whole thing virtual. How was Mary Barra's virtual keynote? Well, it was great and a lot of good stuff uh, across all the different keynotes, whether it's the virtual GM keynote or our Samsung's live in person right. uh, keynote. We had a keynote from Abbott. Lots of great comments and technology innovation debuted. But, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, we had, uh, before the show began, we had several well-publicized large companies push their activation to virtual, and, and we respect that business decision. Yep. But, uh, like we said, there, there were 2,200 other Phew. companies that, uh, in my experience, walking the show floor over the, over the past several days, there's an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, you know, here in Las Vegas, uh, because a lot of these companies, they they were counting on us moving forward. They thanked us 
for uh, everything that we did to keep people safe. All the, you know, we, were, we early on, we, we said that you have to be vaccinated to attend CES. We've 100% watched all the CDC recommendations. We've worked with health experts. So all that was in play here, and a lot of business got done. A lot of business got done. A lot of startups and small and medium-sized businesses got great media exposure that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten. And so we've got to get back to business. Yep. We, we've got to get back to in-person events. I think you can virtualize the human element for a season, yeah. but not in perpetuity. Right. And, and that was really the mandate that we had from our members when we were planning CES 2022 and, and why we, we focused so, so much on so many strategies to keep the event safe. Uh, and it was a great success. Uh, we got a lot of business done. We showcased global innovation. We had uh, companies represented from over 150 countries. Ooh. So just an incredible event. But I'm tired. I'm, I'm going to put my feet up now. <laughs> I don't blame you. Let me take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the new exhibit hall for automotive, autonomous cars, a lot of the key topics at CES were autonomous cars. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're talking to Steve Koenig, Vice President of Research, and he's going to tell us all about it. Stay with us. No, the water sweet, but blood is thicker. Oh, with the sky Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America. Thanks to our friends at Subaru. And uh, I, I have to tell you that um, if you haven't driven any of these new cars lately, you're missing out. Technology is fantastic. Cars are safer. They're more fuel efficient. They're longer lasting. Everything about them is better. So uh, go out and test drive a new car. It's, it's really an experience these days. Uh, we're talking to Steve Koenig. He is the Vice President of Research for the Consumer Technology Association and CES. And um, Steve, let's talk about this new exhibit hall for automotive. I, I hear about it. You're there. I'm not. What do you got? Well, you're talking about West Hall, which is adjacent to the Las Vegas Convention Center, a huge new facility that for the show these past few days, 100% automotive and transportation, mobility, all these different things. And just at a, a sexy, cool new building, state-of-the-art, and just, just a great new venue for us at CES. And uh, we're going to keep automotive over there. Wow. Uh, as, as you guys know, CES has for several years become a major waypoint on the automotive camp calendar annually. Sure. Uh, and I, I think we had a record number of companies in the automotive and transportation space, possibly over 300 if, if memory serves. But wow. a lot of different trends, 
really not just cars, but uh, even flying cars <laughs> and so many other trends we can talk about. But some notable exhibitors over there, like, you know, we had, we had Hyundai, we had Bridgestone, Valio. And interestingly, we had a company called Vinfast. Again, Vinfast, and they are Vietnam's first vehicle OEM. And they had a trio of electric vehicles that they were showcasing. Really cool stuff. So it's the new exhibit hall. For those who have not seen this, which I I have seen it. I've been there. I was there for uh, Barrett Jackson. And let's see, I was there for SEMA also. So I've been there twice. A beautiful facility. Absolutely huge. You saying that whole West Hall was all automotive? That's right, yeah. And, I mean, that just kind of underscores the importance of automotive to CES and vice versa. So a lot of vehicle OEMs, Tier 1s, other sensor manufacturers, other software and various, like, autonomous vehicle testing, the whole ecosystem, really, around transportation, whether it's, you know, on the ground or in the air, was, was really represented there. Some of the, the key trends that I saw uh, over in West Hall for CES 2022 included, of course, electric vehicles. That's maybe one of the obvious ones. But smart mobility, and that was really the whole ecosystem of sensors, both optical, ultrasonic, and of course, LIDAR. A lot of innovation happening in the LIDAR space to improve perception and lower cost. You probably remember LIDAR sensors you know, several years ago were tens of thousands of dollars, and it's just not true anymore. In addition, over at West Hall, one of the more interesting things for me personally is 21st century logistics. And this, this exemplifies what CES does perennially, is really bringing forward solutions to real-world problems. You know, we've had this issue of supply chain right. and uh, labor shortage and so forth. So we had a couple of, of brands over there. One is called Too Simple, T-U, like Tango Uniform, Too Simple, with their self-driving semi-truck. And then a Russian company called Evo Cargo with another self-driving truck solution. Really cool. And uh, if you can't get the labor, well, you can can put forward these innovative products and and ship your products around. And lastly, just a a whole slew of electric bikes, scooters, you know, these so-called last-mile solutions that we see around town. And most interesting, though, had to have been uh, urban air mobility, a new and emerging category in transportation. Probably we'll we'll see some flying cars, also known as air taxis, taken to the skies in probably urban areas, probably around the middle part of the decade. There's there's a lot of policy uh, things that need to be done with the FAA and so forth, but these are... uh, Ready-to-go business models, they're basically in the nomenclature eVTOL, uh, electric vertical takeoff and landing uh, craft, uh, and just really cool stuff. So, I mean, you talk about the drive, you may need another podcast called The Fly. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, by the way, I'm just looking at uh, Beverly Hill gas prices right now, Beverly Hills, California. Uh, regular is five ninety nine and 9 tenths. At the Shell station and V Power, six dollars fifty nine and nine tenths. So uh, electric bicycle sounds good to me right now with that price of gas. Wow. Okay, don't go anywhere. One more segment. Let's talk about the rest of CES and just some of the cool stuff that went on all week long. Um, Steve Koenig from the um, Consumer Technology Association and CES joining us right now, Vice President of Research. We'll be right back. Stay with us. It is the drive. 
Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Autotempest.com. Autotempest makes online car shopping easy with the powerful Autotempest.com search engine. Talk about technology. You can simultaneously search all the top car sites like Carvana, Autotrader, eBay Motors, True Car, Cars and Bids, and many others, including including Craigslist. Um, No more repetitive searches on multiple websites. Just one search all the cars and their tagline is true one search all the cars uh makes it really simple um yes autotempest.com thank you guys at autotempest for sponsoring the show we we need uh sponsors that's how we stay on the air uh steve koning is joining us talk about technology we're going back to ces the consumer electronics association it's a consumer technology association steve is the vice president of research over there steve let's talk about everything else because ces is so vast and I, i'm i'm really happy to hear that the whole west hall is all automotive and mobility but what about like um now we have like the space force right what's going on in the in the world of the the aerospace and the space world got anything on that oh well, absolutely we do and and this was an exciting new technology arena and trend at CES 2022 these past days, space tech. You know, we've heard a lot about space tourism with uh, William Shatner, Captain Kirk going into orbit and what a moving experience. And yeah, no doubt that's pretty cool, but I think it's going to be, I'll put it this way, uh, several years before we're saving our dollars for a a holiday in orbit or a honeymoon in orbit, you know, this kind of stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be a long time. But in the meantime, what's interesting is there are a number of, of companies in this emerging space tech space and sector. Uh, you know, we know about SpaceX and Elon Musk, but uh, we had a company here with us last week in Las Vegas, Sierra Space, and they had a model of their Dream Chaser orbital spacecraft. And so wow. what I'm saying is, is that space is no longer the exclusive domain of governments. It's a commercial business arena. Mm. And perhaps the uh, the final frontier of business, uh, if you like. But we learned a lot about uh, the ostensible commercial applications in orbit and in space here over the past several days. Sierra Space talked about this. And it's really interesting because there's a lot that you can do in a zero-G environment. I think about developing new medicines, Mm. uh, manufacturing, something that is probably uh, pretty close to uh, automotive hearts, the ball bearing, (laughs) as one example. You you can manufacture a perfectly spherical ball bearing in space. Because it's weightless, yeah. Because it's weightless, yeah, yeah. So no friction at all. So it's just some examples. 
but this is an emerging category, and it was it was the first time we had this at CES, and it was just super cool. If you had asked me five years ago, would CES ever feature a spacecraft at the show, I would have said, yeah, that's crazy talk. What, what do you mean? But innovation uh, just continues to move forward and these new opportunities and uh, – it was so cool to see all here at CES last week. I remember at one point seeing, I think, I think it was at CES, the Honda car company made um, the Honda Jet. It's just a little jet, a little itty bitty thing, which is, I mean, I'm several millions of dollars, but it's a beautiful thing. I can't remember where I saw it at one of these big trade shows, and I remember thinking, Honda making a jet? Oh, they're crazy. Oh, yeah, right. No, they're smart. And as everybody who's looking to outer space, I know a couple of years ago, I was speaking to uh, the billionaire Naveen Jain, and he went like several years ago to get the rights to mine the moon. And, now, and I was like, what? <laughs> it just shows. So then there's going to be moon mining equipment, if you know what I mean. And, and you have to have the whatever they're mining up there to bring back here, whatever. I don't know. But that's the wild frontier now is space, right? That's right. Yeah. And it's going to be uh, interesting to see, you know, people vying for mineral rights yeah. uh, on the moon. <laughs> uh, you know, as a native Texan, that's something that's really important when you're buying real estate. Oh, uh, me Texas, too. at least, you know, yeah. do the mineral rights convey. But uh, in any case, yeah, all this stuff in orbit uh, and eventually, you know, extra planetary endeavors, you know, this is what we have to look forward to. But, yeah. Alan, there was another trend that was really omnipresent uh, and was anticipated to be so, and, and it was, and that is the metaverse. Mm. And this is another buzzword uh, around the industry and everybody wants to know, you know, kind of what that is. And CES gave us a glimpse to kind of the, the early stages of metaverse. And, and that was really, really cool to see. And I'd love to, to share some details about that. You know what, if you want to do one more segment, I'd love to hear about it because we're coming up on a commercial break and, and we haven't even talked about TVs or anything, which I won't let you get into only because it's not a technology show like that. But I used to go there and was like, I got to go look at the new TVs. <laughs> so, all right, hold, hold on. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, matter of fact, coming into this next one, we're going to learn from the uh, vice president of research, Steve Koenig, about the metaverse. What is that? We've been hearing about it. It's controversial for some reason. Maybe uh, Steve Koenig can take away some of the controversy and teach us, you know, a little bit about how cool it is instead of why we should worry about it. That's kind of what I've been hearing lately. Um, You're listening to The Drive. Today we're talking about the Consumer Electronics Show. Happened most of the week last week, or this week anyway. Here it is Saturday morning. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back and learn about the metaverse. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards.
This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And don't forget, our show is brought to you in part by ClassicCars.com and the Collector Car Network, which is now all under one umbrella of Barrett-Jackson. And Barrett-Jackson is coming up on their 50th anniversary uh, toward the end of January. I'll be there for nine days. Yeah, nine days of Barrett-Jackson in Scottsdale. And all under this Collector Car Network is ClassicCars.com, Auto Hunter. It's an auction site that's, uh, well, if you like to buy cars on auction on the web, check out autohunter.com. And then the journal, all under the Collector Car Network and owned by Barrett-Jackson. All right, we are talking about the metaverse with Steve Koenig, Vice President of Research from the Consumer Technology Association. And uh, they are the uh, owners of CES, which has been going on all week long. Steve, welcome back. And, and t- 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 let's just start out with like the, the basics. What is the metaverse? Sure. Well, no doubt listeners have already heard a few tidbits about the metaverse. Of course, Meta and Mark Zuckerberg started talking about this. Microsoft just started talking about this. So what is the metaverse? Well, the metaverse really is the next generation of the Internet that will deliver increasingly immersive digital experiences. And over time, those immersive digital experiences will become inextricably linked with our physical reality. That's what the metaverse is. And it's important to understand that the metaverse isn't just like a thing. It's going to be a collection of things, just like, you know, the internet isn't necessarily a thing. It's a collection of different things, gaming, e-commerce, social media, and and so forth, Uh, zoom calls, you know, and all, and all that stuff. But uh, the the metaverse isn't just something that we build. It's going to evolve over probably the next 20 years. And in fact, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, I think, put it uh, really well when he said, we're starting to talk about the metaverse today in the same way that we started to talk about the Internet in the early 1990s. And Alan, I, I, I... I don't know about you, but I remember back in those days in the early 90s with my super cool 56K dial-up modem, uh, <laughs> and I just thought I was hot to trot, and I, there's no way I could have imagined all the things we'd be doing online today here in 2022. So I think the same is true for the metaverse, but we do have an idea of what that looks like, and we saw that this past week at CES, and there were a lot of different early Metaversian-type experiences. Hyundai Mobis, in fact, had a Metaversian experience with with VR. You could create your own personal avatar and then use that avatar in a VR virtual reality context to drive a virtualized Hyundai kind of a test drive. So it's this totally virtualized test drive. Right. Uh, and that was that's, a, that's an example of, of an early metaverse experience. But these, these experiences are going to get increasingly immersive. And the good news is, is that all the building blocks for the metaverse are already here. So thinking about 5G, AI, haptics, which is kind of that force feedback, right. uh, and volumetric video, virtual reality, or XR technology, all these things are here. We have only to assemble them into different deliverables or or marketplaces that uh, address different use cases. So the question is, is the metaverse here? Well, not exactly, but it is closer than you might think. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I looked it up on Google just for the heck of it. It says Metaverse is a virtual or semi-virtual world that can be accessed using virtual and or augmented reality headsets, each giving a different experience. And it's funny because it's like I remember watching a TV show called Pinky and the Brain one time. <laughs> and it's like, which one is the real man, the, the, the little guy that's sitting up, you know, the brain, or is it the big giant that is carrying the brain around? It's like this whole kind of like um, virtual reality world that I think guys my age, you know, it's like the, the unknown. It's scary. Oh, I don't want to do that. But young kids today, they're already there. They're already experiencing the metaverse, and we're just starting to hear about it. You know what I mean? Because they're living that virtual reality life. They're doing it, playing those games and all that. Well, that sure, yeah. And, and so you're talking about what in the industry we describe as digital natives. And, of course, you right. and I are analog natives. Right. And we grew up with records and cassette tapes. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> which is great. But these digital natives, yeah, they're they're more attuned to these kinds of experiences. And as we move forward, we, we call it XR is inclusive of virtual reality and augmented reality. Certainly, as we move forward through this decade, we can expect more innovation in that space. And we'll just be slipping in and out of the digital realm. And more often than not, I think we will have the digital and physical realms overlap. And that's where AR comes in. And so there are a lot of really interesting things to think about. What are the, the applications? And no doubt we'll be talking about this and we'll be seeing these solutions at future CES shows right. throughout this decade. Mm. But, but metaverse, again, I want to just emphasize, it's not like, okay, we built the metaverse. We've right. got, you know, it's not no. like we said, we built the internet. We've got this now and now we have e-commerce and all these different things. It's going to take time. It's an evolutionary story. Right. And that's really cool. We'll, we'll get to experience this and it'll be gradual and there'll be different marketplace, social media in the consumer space, sales and marketing, maybe like I described with Hyundai Mobis sure. and their virtual test drive. It's going to be great. It's going to be well, really cool. And it's funny because uh, I remember so we'll, a friend we'll of mine owns a, a racetrack and he's got all these simulators where you put the, you know, the thing on your face and you sit in this chair and the chair turns left and right and the, you have a steering wheel. There's all these TV screens, but you're even looking through them through a special pair of goggles or something. And it's like that is a whole virtual world where you're, you're not actually in a car, but you feel like you're in a car. It's, it's pretty cool, actually. I, I mean, it's a little scary because well, the unknown is. is scary, you know? Yeah, but uh, I think we're already starting to get a, a view thinking about automotive and car dealerships, right. uh, how, how their business models uh, have changed in this season. Clearly, a lot more online sales and a lot of sales guys at, at car dealerships have been essentially just taking online orders and in chat rooms, talking, you know, chatting with customers, beavering away at a keyboard. Right. But it, so it's not really a, a t doesn't take a big leap of faith to say, well, what's the next step for that? Well, it's probably some kind of a metaverse market play where consumers can, with, with their avatar, go in and test drive a new Mercedes uh, or a new Subaru. Yeah. Uh, sure. Even and, uh, and get a feel for what that's like in a very compelling, immersive way. And that's the sales pitch. You know, that becomes the, the test drive and you don't have to show someone your driver's license. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, you know, so you can just, you can test drive and, and, 
and more, I mean, how many people have the opportunity to test drive a Ferrari? Right. You know, that's well, true. probably not that many, but but in the metaverse, yeah, you, you could do that wherever you want. All right. And, speaking uh, speaking of so this is going to be compelling. It's going to be compelling and game changing. And uh, this is each CES we're going to write a new chapter in the metaverse. Yeah, no, no question. And I and I hope to be there for next year and experience a little more. Uh, give me just like thirty seconds on the most crazy television because I always go look at the televisions. Give me thirty seconds. <laughs> Well, thank you for asking about that, Alan. Yeah, I mean, as usual, all the, the usual suspects were here this week at, at CES. And, and I got to say, Samsung had some incredible 8K televisions, just super massive. <laughs> I, I would estimate like over 100 inches. But uh, they also had some uh, micro LED technology, which is uh, basically allows you to assemble a customized display pixel by pixel. It's incredible. So whatever customized shape you want, and you think about in your living room, it, it could be the exact dimensions of a wall oh my uh, in, in your home. Right. So so that's uh, that's real home theater uh, wow. and uh, something to look forward to. Yeah, awesome. Well, my brother, thank you. You have uh, been uh, doing a great job here giving us kind of a, a bird's eye view of the Consumer Electronics uh, Association, Consumer Technology Association, CES, Consumer Electronics Show. What a mouthful. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Great to be with you. I will see you next year at CES. Um, CTA.TECH on the web. www.CTA.TECH. That's so you can find out more about what's going on there. All right, we'll take a break and come back with more of The Drive. We've got a nice earful of CES. Stay with us. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback gives you state-of-the-art active safety technology for extra confidence on every drive. You can count on the roomy comfort and impressive cargo space, standard raised roof rails with enhanced tie-down points, and Subaru Starlink Multimedia with an 11.6-inch high-resolution touchscreen to wrap your experience with love for your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the globe. The electrified globe. Hey, George Kennedy is joining us now. George Kennedy III. Neither one of us got to go to CES, which is fine. Uh, George, how you doing, buddy? Uh, by the way. Good, good. Yeah. How you doing? I, I know you, uh, a lot of your family and a lot of my family, a lot of people got sick here this this holiday season which is fine. A friend of mine just told me about CES. He said, normally CES is bigger than SEMA. And the guy, a friend of mine on the ground there, he told me that he said, I think that SEMA was bigger by about a quarter. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is you've got a lot of aftermarket companies that can make their own decisions uh, uh, at SEMA. You've got a lot of tech companies yeah, yeah, at yeah, CES yeah. that may have people say, look, you know, we're staying home. I mean, either way, it's everything's in flux. So, I, you know, I wouldn't read too much into it this year. Yeah. 
except for what the companies are announcing. Yeah. Right. All the so, electric vehicles. Well, exactly. And, and like, uh, Steve Koenig was just talking about it. And I'm now I'm starting, you know, friends of mine are starting to send me pictures. And then as the, of course the weekend is here and the show is over and it all starts, uh, matter of fact, here comes another one while we're talking a Bugatti electric scooter. <laughs> and this and is how a, much is that? Several hundred thousand oh, dollars? No, no, no. This is a stand-on scooter. Like, what do they call these things where you stand on it and like a like, Segway? Segway? No, 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 yeah. no, no. Not even no. I mean, that would be. This is like something a kid would have, and it literally does have a. I, I reiterate, still several hundred thousand dollars. Probably, <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh my god, I'll send him a note. Uh, he also sends me what is this? Sierra Space Dream Chaser, United States. Looks kind of like uh, a stealth bomber, and it's inside. You know, it was inside anyway. It's probably being moved out right about now. And then, of course, you know, you heard about Sony, Sony uh, the, the, with the Vision S. Yeah, so, I mean, so. Sony, That this is another one of the tech companies. You know, Google has talked about doing a car. Right. Apple has talked about doing a car. What ends up always happening is, you know, you, you never end up hearing anything more about it because guess what? Building a car is hard. It's yeah. sort of what a testament to right. to how far Tesla has come, but also – their quality control issues shines a light on that. These companies have been doing this for some of them upwards of a hundred years. Right. You know, it takes a while to get down building down a reliable car and building several hundred thousand of them. Yeah, you're talking about the car companies versus a computer company. Like my right. first thing everybody says is when's Apple gonna build a car? And you know what? Apple's got enough money they could buy General Motors. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. why would they build a car? When you can buy the car company and just put your, you know, your, your placker on it. It's, you know, there's a sliding scale of how critical reliability is. If you're uh, an Airbus, you know, A320, uh, reliability is pretty critical. If you're making a uh, mobile device, you know, it's not great if the app crashes, but nobody's going to die. And then somewhere <laughs> right. in the middle is cars, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> the app crashes. And, exactly. you know, they were talking about this. Uh, I happened to hear a little blurb, and it was a heated argument talking about, uh, you know, airplanes and pilots and all these missed flights. There's thousands of flights, like a, a thousand a day sometimes that get, you know, um, canceled. And it's like, why? Why are they? Why? Is it? Is it weather? And well, no, there's there's a lot of fighting back and forth about over the the mandate of vaccinations and what have you. And I heard this crazy this I mean, this this argument that was going on about that the vaccine, because it's kind of uh, still on a um, I don't know what do you want to call it, uh, emergency level kind of a thing that pilots are not supposed to airline pilots, that is, are not supposed to take anything that hasn't been tried and tested already for a year and FDA approved because of the potential of side effects and things like that. And it was like, it was a nutty, crazy ranting. And then they were going to be delivering, um, you know, a, a lawsuit to the FAA. I was like, holy crap. No wonder these, these trade shows are being so, you know, not attended because there's so much fear mongering. Anyway, we're going to take a little break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about General Motors and their new electric truck. George Kennedy the third is joining us. Stay with us. It is The Drive. Getting born in the state of Mississippi. Papa was a copper and a mama was a hippie. In Alabama, she was swinging... 
Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. So you're listening to uh, The Drive. I'm Alan Taylor here. Um, I thought the announcer was going to bring me in. Evidently... They, they forgot. So I'll just do it then. Uh, George Kennedy III joining us. I'm sitting there going, come on, announcer. Um, our show brought to you in part by Autotempest.com. Autotempest makes online car shopping easy. With the powerful Autotempest.com search engine, you can simultaneously search all car sites like Carvana, Auto Trader, eBay Motors, Trader Cars and Bids, and uh, including Craigslist and all the other ones. And George works for half of them anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, no more uh, repetitive searches on multiple websites. Autotempest.com tagline is true. All the cars, one search. Autotempest.com. Save some time. Find the car you want. George, Consumer Electronics Show. Back to the show. Yeah. Ford, we know, has an electric truck coming. I showed it, gosh, six months ago already on ABC with uh, Kelly and Ryan. Yeah, the F the F one fifty Lightning. Yeah, right. it's great repurposing of that word, and uh, I think a lot of folks are looking forward to that truck. Right. Now, when he's talking about that word, the word uh, Ford made a, a Ford F one fifty Lightning, which was like supercharged, fast, fast, and now it's the electrified version of the F one fifty. I think it's brilliant. Everyone that I know that are kind of in the know that have driven it, people that are uh, kind of within the company. You haven't driven it yet, have you? I haven't. I have not, no. Yeah. So it's people, I don't know that um, they're handing them out to anybody yet. In other words, I don't think it's even being produced quite yet, maybe here in January. Yeah, from what I know, unless you're living in the LA area, so lucky to you journalists that already live in a warm right. area, that they're handing that thing out with an eyedropper. Yeah, right, exactly. So um, I, I know somebody that got one who does some work with Ford, and they said, you are not going to believe it. And I'm like, really? And then, of course, I talked to Shelby immediately going, Shelby, <laughs> electrification of the F-150. Shelby's selling more F-150s and trucks than they are Mustangs at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Shelby benefits from its relationship with Ford. But if when you think about, we were talking about CES earlier, yep. and it's it'll be interesting to see how well smaller shops and I might always say Shelby smaller in comparison to how big Ford is sure. handles electrification because just like infotainment, that's a field where you need a lot of R and D money and well, resources. You know, to, you're to, right. To get stuff done. But see, if you fly under the wing of Ford, like Shelby does, you are right. on the inside. As a matter of fact, yeah. one of my friends that works there, Oh, the president, he's now uh, living and building a house in Michigan because they're doing so much with Ford that he thought, well, I'm there so much. So they're on the inside. It is going to be harder for the, the aftermarket guys because they're going to have to figure out a lot of this stuff, how to tune them. Well, and I think what's important on, on their own. Too is opening up the code, right? right so right, like right. if you're under the wing, like you said, like Shelby is, they'll give you free, you know, I'm sure wide open access to, you know, computer systems and everything to sort of see where they can change the, the power delivery mapping and stuff like that to make it a more of a Shelby 
vehicle. If you're an independent shop, you know, you might not even a be able, you know, have access to that code. There might be like, you know, DCMA federal copyright kind of laws that OEMs might, uh, you know, leverage to pick and choose who gets to play in their, in their, you know, sandbox. Right. All right. Give me a minute, minute and a half. Cause there's not much out on it yet on the new Silverado EV. The Chevy yeah, truck. I mean, basically, if you saw the the GMC Hummer EV that's been out, right. been announced for a while, picture the Chevy version of that. Which, I you know, it it has. We've talked about this off air. The the uh, the avalanche like midgate that extends the bed. So I think that's really cool. I, it also makes you wonder why they didn't use the avalanche name if it's got the exact same feature. But that aside, I mean. I think it makes something like, you know, 510 horsepower, 615 pound feet of torque. Hmm. Um, you're talking about a, a truck that'll be able to do zero to 60 in, in like four and a half seconds. Uh, Which is you know, there's fast. a long range battery pack that does up to 400 miles of range. So, Whew. and once again, you can use the front like a, like a frunk, the, the front trunk. So pretty versatile vehicle. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when vehicles like this make it to market, how many, you know, this will be the weekend warrior truck. I don't know how many, uh, you know contractors shops around town maybe maybe yeah. you got uh, a, a municipality that uses them as their work vehicle i don't so i think you're wrong I, and here's what this is going to be fun because how many times can two guys like us bet on get, on get the take something rate? wrong yeah like <laughs> i think that uh and i i was you two years ago on this electric car stuff and but all of a sudden I'm I'm at that tipping point where I'm going. You know what? I'm, I'm for it, but it's it's about price. Do you think somebody with a small business can afford whatever they're they're charging yes, for? Yes, uh, yes. You know why? They're going to get rebates up the wazoo. Yes, tax incentives and rebates, and then they'll lease them, and it'll come off the taxes and all I'm, that kind I'm of. I'm in favor of EVs. It's just got to get to a point where they're they're uh, proliferated enough that you know you can charge. Yeah. Without being having to. No, 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 no. Right now, it's uh, it's going to be the way it is. Well, let's take a break. We got more on the other side. George is going to do a couple of test drive reviews. You're listening to the drive. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, everybody, it is a brand new year. The Consumer Electronics Show just ended. We have um, new car companies joining the ranks, maybe, like Sony Mobility. Yep, Sony's going to be making a car. We probably have, you know, flying cars coming in the near future. Uh, we'll have to see what the FAA says about that. 
you know, Bugatti's making a scooter now that you can, uh, not, a, not a scooter like a motorbike, but more like one you put one foot on, like a skateboard with a little handlebar. Yeah, Bugatti. So, I mean, the world is getting weirder by the minute. That's like, um, well, let me bring on George Kennedy III. He works with car tender, car gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report. George, Bugatti making a little push scooter that's electric is the equivalent of Porsche making a toothpick. It's like, why? Yeah, but it's funny you mentioned Porsche because <laughs> there are a couple of brands that really do leverage their name on a bunch of different products. Yeah. Porsche being one of them. So right. you can get like a Porsche mountain bike, a Porsche road yeah, bike. Yeah, but that's uh, cool. A Porsche you know, toothpick. Which, Come on. Which I will say this. It reminds me of um, Spaceballs. Right. With all all the merchandising. Mm. Right. Like totally, Porsche, totally. The car seat, you know? Yeah, so. Right, right, right. right. Um, I tried to pick something as completely obscure as I could, because if, if anybody would have told me even a week ago that Bugatti, who makes, you know, the two and three million dollar cars is going to make a little scooter. You know what I'm talking about? Those little scooters you put one foot on and the other foot pushes you along and the kids are doing the little, you know, jumping and spinning it around. This is all it is. I've been, I was in Aruba last year and that's how we got around everywhere. Yeah. You know, so getting around, you know, it's a great solution for city downtowns where, you know, coming from Boston, I, you know, everyone's, you know, is pushing, you know, cycling and stuff like that. I'm a big mountain biker. So I tend to avoid cities when it comes to cycling. Boston is isn't really a it's a walkable town it's a drivable town it's not a it's not a, a cycle friendly town despite the efforts of different cycling communities this is a great solution for that of guess what you know you're not going to compete with all the trucks and cars that are there one of these mobility scooters is fine to get around town to go from place one to place two yeah or to commute right yeah but but it's like how do I say this nicely? Is there a PC way to say what I'm about to say? I can't can't wait. Whatever. <laughs> well, with all of the um, carjackings that are going on, where people are stealing your car, you know what I mean? They, they put a sure. gun to your head. Get out. You know, a Bugatti is the kind of car th- these companies should know that if you drive a Bugatti, you know that's an expensive car. If you drive a Bugatti, or if you drive, if you're what am I piloting a Bugatti scooter? I mean, it's like, you know, somebody's going to want that thing and they're going to hold a gun to your head and say, get off or hand that to me or what? It's like having a, a giant diamond there, encrusted uh, watch. Carjackings in rural Pacific Northwest. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> look, it happens everywhere. But the point is, it, it's got this Bugatti tag on the front. I mean, really? You don't think somebody's going to like knock I, you down and take that? If that's if that's what it's got, then this is something that, so, that somebody has like on their, their yacht that they bring ashore when they've arrived at whatever island. I mean, yeah, the, in the, Monaco. Things, the things you see around town that yeah. people can rent and pick up and drop off that are they're very disposable in terms of how you can make new ones and, and whatnot. Ugh, I just to me. It's just bizarre. Anyway, uh, so oh, yeah, it totally is. I, it's, it's superfluous, but. You know, that's that's why these brands do these different sort of I mean, look at look at the uh, the merchandising efforts of Ferrari. I mean, they haven't won a damn thing, maybe a, uh, gotten third or fourth place in Formula One, but they haven't won anything in Formula One in years. They're still one of the top sellers for merchandise. <laughs> people love the brand, you know, the older, right. older Formula One fans, love, you know, love the you know Schumacher and going back even farther. So. All right. So. I'm going to uh, be making a phone call to Porsche to try and do the Porsche design toothpick. Comes with a little case, $299.99. There's some money to be made there. We'll take a break and see what George has been driving right after this. You're listening to The Drive. Oh, 
Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Hey, later on this month, uh, I am going to be in Scottsdale at Barrett-Jackson. It's the 50th anniversary of Scottsdale uh, Barrett-Jackson. Of Barrett-Jackson, 50th anniversary. But uh, Scottsdale's first one of the year, the biggest one. And um, last year, they bought Collector Car Network, which is ClassicCars.com. Autohunter.com and The Journal, which is uh, exactly what it's called, a journal, an automotive journal. So um, you can find all those if you go to ClassicCars.com. And there's links also from Barrett-Jackson. But uh, come on out to Barrett-Jackson. Matter of fact, I think they're going to give me some tickets to give away. So uh, maybe next week's show. But we'll see what happens. I think I'll call them in the commercial break. George Kennedy's joining us right now. George Kennedy, the third car tender, car gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report. He writes for them all and the drive here. Uh, George, what have you been driving here lately, brother? Yeah, I've been driving the uh, 2021 Ford Ranger quad cab with four-wheel drive and the base XL trim with a handful of options. Just seems like a real good fit small truck. You know, just the right amount of content, right amount of capability. Like, I like trucks like this. Yeah. So this truck is finally out there to where it's pretty much available across the marketplace cuz it was a, you know when it first came out it was being gobbled up but i kind of think these are these are relatively pricey little trucks for what they are you know yeah, i mean yeah i mean think about it so we have the the base trim and when you start adding options at that so the base figure the fact that like the base doesn't include 4x4 it's there's the extended cab so Four-door, four-wheel drive, you know, you start adding options, and then you're looking at a $37,000 truck, right? Right. Mm. And as I always tell people, I'm like, look, the true base price is, like, closer to twenty-five, but you don't want that truck at twenty-five. No, not that's like a, not a, unless a mail you're, uh, truck. a city manager buying a fleet, <laughs> right. right? A municipality. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the, the, the real truck that you want, and, like, look, you know, you go over to the Jeep Gladiator, you go to other small trucks – the way that you're going to want that truck is at around $35,000 an hour. Right, right. Well, that, you mean the way so there's no getting equipped, around it. equipped that way. And it's a nice little truck. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a nice little truck. But everything. You go to buy, my, my son-in-law bought a um, F-150 four-wheel drive, a, a pretty loaded one. It had the moonroof and everything. Hybrid, which I think is very cool. It's got like an onboard generator thing. Since it's a hybrid, it's got a big battery, so you can. He's a contractor, so you can use it to kind of power your job site. That is very cool, right? And I love it. And he really loves it. He's had it about uh, two and a half, three months now. But that thing was sixty eight thousand dollars. Oh yeah, I mean that, especially with the the hybrid with the generator and everything. Right. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean this. 
My this, first only, house was $68,000. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> well, th- with this truck, the only engine options, um, like a turbocharged four-cylinder, so like 270 horsepower. It doesn't seem like a lot, or it doesn't sound like a lot on paper at least, but it can get out of its own way for yeah. sure. It is better than, you know, I know with the Tacoma, at least in the past, you have the the V6 is an optional engine, and then the four-banger is like the base. Right. And that is a pretty woeful engine. So even if you're not going to spend a lot of money on this truck to get that turbocharged four cylinder, no matter what, as standard equipment's pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny is you think about that 35, 37,000 bucks. That's a lot of money. And I've been watching in all the different, uh, you know, of course I, I work with auto Tempest, so I'll do a search every now and then. And it searches across all of them. As I was talking about auto trader and eBay motors and true car cars and bids and all those guys. So you can really get a sense of what things are selling for. And I recently bought a 2012 GMC cab and a half, so extra cab, you call it. It's got four doors, but they're clamshell doors. So it's got back seats. And then it's a one-ton dually four-wheel drive. So it's a pretty, you know. That sounds like fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice truck, and it's the diesel. It's got the 6.6 liter V8 diesel engine and Allison automatic transmission. It's got exhaust brake. and It's a 2012. So at this point, it's it, can I call it Yestertech? There's quite a bit of Yestertech there. Does, you know, it's a it's the right blend yes. of like Yestertech and modern tech. Exactly, right? exactly. It's got some modern features. You can upgrade some things. Like it's a good blend. Yeah. So I got this thing thirty nine thousand miles. I mean, which is rare because it's now a, it's a ten year old truck, so it's rare. Oh, yeah, and that's that's killer. That, that I'm, I'm liking too. this thing 30 grand, right? And I think to myself, would I trade this for a brand new Ford Ranger? And for 30 grand, I would be getting one that doesn't even have all the equipment I want. I'm like, hell no. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I but I, I look and, and people are asking 40, 50 thousand dollars for this same kind of truck with low miles. And it's right. like, Wow. I right. cannot believe well, I, what new thing, cars are going for. One thing that you, you get with the in the middle is, like, this has driver assistance features like forward collision avoidance. Like, people are looking for that these days. Yeah. They're also looking for, I've always said this, people are more loyal to their cell phone brand than they are their car brand. So this has Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. To up that in a 2012 truck, it, it depends what brand it is. You can either, do, you know, some might be lucky enough where you can just do a flash up update more than likely you're going to have to do some sort of screen swap. I would like to and buy, if anybody has one, a flip phone. I want to buy... I, you, <laughs> do, you, do you want like one of the ones like from the 20s that comes in two pieces? There's a, the earpiece and the mouthpiece? <laughs> no, no, I or, just want uh, one of those. Or do you want to do some no. smoke signals? Let me take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes to talk more about this stuff. How the devil himself could be pulled out of me There were drums in the air as she stopped When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback will make you fall in love with its state-of-the-art safety features, a spacious and comfortable interior, and convenient amenities, all ready for any adventure. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus up to 33 miles per gallon, 8.7 inches of ground clearance, X-Mode with hill descent control, and a direct-injected turbocharged Subaru Boxer engine will make you love every adventure in your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo model. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models. This is 
The Drive with Alan Taylor. And I got George Kennedy III joining us right here. He is a freelance automotive journalist. He works for the uh, folks over at Car Gurus, Boston Globe, and U.S. News and World Report. And he's a reporter here on uh, The Drive. So we were talking about flip phones and technology and kind of my comfort zone of technology. I, I remember buying uh, a BMW, a, a 1995 BMW, and it was so low tech. I, I laughed. I was like, oh, my gosh, you get in a car that is, you know, 95. We're talking, you know, that's like 20. What is that? How many? 24 years old, 25 years old? Almost. Right. Whatever it is. Let me think about this. Hey, maybe you got a calculator on your flip phone. <laughs> hold, hold on a second. If we're 95, yeah, it's 20. It's how many years? 27 years old, right? That's funny. That's how my brain, I, I rely on my phone so much, I have to use my calculator. Yeah, I mean, 27 look, the, the years old. come a long way since then, man. Right. So, but I remember when BMW came out with the iDrive, and I called it the I want to kill myself drive. So I am a slow adopter. You, on the other hand, you're one of those, uh, the guy from uh, CES called you like a native something or other, you know. I, like an early adopter. Uh, sure. I wasn't yeah. always like that, but I, I do try and get out there, and I want to experience this tech as, as early as I can. I was slow to the game, for sure, but yeah. that definitely came around. Look, BMW, they were the first one to bring in-car tech as, as a major feature with iDrive and it wasn't great at first and they they've continued to iterate they got a lot better today it's one of the best and you know it's funny to see other brands try and copy them in a way right, right. and like do things like like bmw now has a touchscreen well these other brands have gotten rid of their touchscreen because they were trying to chase bmw like mazda for example has a very limited touch functionality it's like you know if bmw brought touchscreens back then that's a, a glaring example that you well, should. Why, why do they need asked. touch when they've got gesture stuff? Oh, going well, so on. right. So BMW, they've got three ways of doing it. You got gesture control, so you can literally wave your hand in the air to like answer a call to, you know, to ignore a call, which is kind of nice. Uh, yeah. To raise and lower the volume. Well, wait a minute. See, I said to Siri the other day, which I have to be careful with my phone will wake up. I asked her a question, and she didn't give me the right answer because. It was to call somebody, and there was like five different versions of that name. And I go, oh, shut up. And she goes, that's not very nice. <laughs> and I can just imagine the car. <laughs> you flip somebody off because they're you know tailgating or whatever in your room. Right, and right, then the right. car goes, that's uh, not very I mean, nice. In addition to the gesture control, you've got the touchscreen. You've got the little, the little dial in the center console. The point is that, as we, you and I have said before, giving buyers multiple ways to access the tech and use the tech is the best way to do it. Yeah. When you lock out features like Mazda has been doing with the Mazda Connect, where you literally, when you put it in a drive, you can no longer use many of the touchscreen functions. Well, you know why? Like, they want eyes on the road. They want they, eyes You know on what the road. they do, but yeah. guess what? Well, you're trying to, when you sit there jamming your finger on the screen, wondering I what the know. heck's wrong. That's also, that's also distracting. It's not intuitive, and that's the problem. That's why I call it the I want to kill myself drive. But I know you're driving got, a brand new BMW. They've a lot better. Um, yeah, what is the know, new one you're driving right now? So yeah, so we're driving the uh, the M440i. This is a car that we had right before the Ranger. Right. It's the 4 Series, but it's the 4 Series Grand Coupe. So mm-hmm. there's a couple things going on here. One, it's the new 4 Series. So it's got that big, the big sniff grill, the the giant. Uh, the new grill, yes. yes yeah. Yes, 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 and then it's the Grand Coupe, which you know how I feel about the term coupe. Uh, yeah. Automakers, especially German luxury brands, have been misusing the term coupe on not only four-door cars, but on SUVs. And 
it's crazy. I mean, look, this car is more useful than the regular 4 Series Coupe because it's got a second set of doors. It's got a more usable back seat, and it's also got a neat power rear hatch. So instead of it just being a trunk lid, the whole rear window comes up too, sort of right. like on a Tesla. Right. So really useful. But the the term coupe, I just I don't get it. Like they could be well, using, uh, you know, BMW has yeah. GT. Right. Because that really what that is what what you're describing there is a grand touring car. Well, and and it's a four door car, right? It's a four door car. Right. So and coupe is always meant two doors to at least. Yeah. Two, well, you know, you know, you and me. I don't think Mercedes was it. Mercedes, Porsche, and BMW have yet to get the memo on that. Are they doing it too? Not only they're doing it, they're doing it on SUVs. <laughs> so the Cayenne coupe. Oh or my. the Mercedes GLC or GLE. You know why? But you know why, George? Probably because the actual meaning of the word doesn't mean two doors. It just does, like, my, my chickens are well, in no, a chicken Audi, coop. Audi got it I got right one door. They call A7 a fastback. <laughs> right. Instead of saying coop, there you go. they call it a fastback. Yeah. Right? They're just trying to confuse us. That's what it is. They're, I mean, they're trying <laughs> to leverage terms of cooler cars for their less useful SUV. Oh, ouch. Oh, God, that hurt. That really hurt, man. <laughs> There's going to be a complaint coming in for that one. Yeah, I just think it, it's like, why try so hard to confuse the mind of the buyer? Well, and like, like I said, Audi got a ride with Fastback. And then when you describe a, a car that's like a coupe, but it's got a bigger interior and it's better for hauling stuff, that's a grand touring car. Right. BMW has the GT nomenclature in its past products. They should just leverage the GT and call it a 4 Series GT and then okay, that's a grand touring car. We don't have to water down the term coupe with it, right? Right, right, right. All right, hold on. I'm going to give you one more little short segment here because we owe this to BMW because the last car that I borrowed from them got impounded by the police. (laughs) (laughs) Great. On, on, uh, was it Thanksgiving? Yeah, on Thanksgiving. I, I got, I ate too much. I had a stomach ache. My wife showed up with her car. I said, you know what? I'm going to ride home. I got a stomachache. I don't want to puke in this brand new BMW. And I told my producer, you drive it home. He's driving along, gets pulled over for doing 60 and a 50 on Thanksgiving night, about 11 o'clock at night. And he didn't have his driver's license on him because he, he didn't drive there. He came there with another guy. They impounded the car. Oops. Well, that's why you should always have your license on you. <laughs> exactly. Actually, they did the right thing. We'll take a little break and come back and talk more about this BMW. Maybe get a pistol on your Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. I know, I know, I know. It wasn't Dave, my producer. Everybody's going, Dave got, Dave got arrested. No, the guy, <laughs> there was no arrest or anything. They just, you don't have a license for your car. And here's a brand new BMW, um, a fantastic car. And they're like, all right, well, you don't have a license. You don't have anything in the car that says you should be driving it, even if we believe you. 
And so they were down in an area where there was no cell reception. And they until they got back into town towing the car, because it was in a canyon where they got pulled over, <laughs> which is so funny. Anyway, then at nine o'clock at night, my cell, I have it set to where it won't ring out loud in case I go to bed early. I'm old. I go to bed early. And I don't want it to ring, bang, all these noises, people texting me and sending me stuff all days and nights and worst hours of the day. So my phone didn't ring. And even if it, well, actually it did ring. He tried calling me five times. Anyway, finally I wake up at like, uh, I don't know, midnight to go to the bathroom. And I look down at my phone at five missed calls and I... I looked and I go, oh no. I called the guy and I go, where are you? What happened? He was following me home and he stopped to get something to drink because I want to get some coffee. It's like an hour away, you know, from where we were going to my house or from where we were to my house. And so he stopped to get some coffee. And when he started going, he thought, well, I'll catch up. And in a, in a 50 zone, it, he's, he's going 60, he gets pulled over. Not, not a big deal. The guy would have probably just said, all right, slow down. I want to make sure everything's okay here. Sure enough. So I go, where are you? He goes, I'm at Walmart. I go, what do you mean you're at Walmart? I said, he says, I'm at the Walmart parking lot. They impounded the car. I'm like, no way. So now <laughs> I got to get in my car and I got to, you know, drive an hour and go pick up my, my guy. And I'm like, what the hell? Now, what is Thursday night, Thursday night, midnight, now one o'clock in the morning. Now you have uh, Thanksgiving night and then you have a federal holiday. So what, what do you think? The, oh, the so police station's got, closed. on impound fees for the weekend. Yes. Right? You know what it costs, by the way? It costs no. $1,252. Oh, yeah. They're uh, $1,252. The, uh, the impound thing is obscene. It's, like it's absurd. You know, fine, fine, fine. I get there's operating costs in running a tow truck, but if yeah. you're doing... If you're charging stuff like that, yeah. and you're an impound guy. You're kind of a scumbag. Well, you so, know, and the problem is, and, and I want and I want to call the the cops Scrooges by like impounding the vehicle at all, but like, no. In fairness, it, you it was speeding yeah. and there were out of state plates and there was no license plate. Like, so there's a lot of questions and variables there. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. See, here's the deal. It was the right thing to do because he had nothing. And they were like, all right, we'll call somebody or find somebody. I'm the only guy that he knew. How, I mean, who, who else can help him except me? Nobody. And of course, it's, it's also middle of the night. So he was just, he was screwed. And I got screwed on top of that. But the cops did the right thing because had that car gotten stolen, I would be thanking them. So the reality is it was a little inconvenient and it was really embarrassing. And then, of course, I get a phone call from BMW like a week later. I thought, no harm, no foul, no big deal. No car didn't get damaged. They were really, they were actually, the cops were really nice. And when I went and got the car, they were laughing with me. We were both laughing. I'm like, can you believe that on Thanksgiving night? <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, listen, they're, you know, we got to follow the rules and this is the rules. And I go, I get it. So even the guy at the impound yard, he was kind of laughing like, I, I, yeah, I couldn't believe, you know, the, the whole scenario. Here's this brand new car. So. I thought to myself, you know, all right, well, that's in the past. Nope, I get a phone call. Hey, so uh, we just got a letter saying the car got impounded. Oh and I'm like, God. yeah. And I told the guy, I go, listen, no harm, no foul. They had already, you know, already turned the car back in. It's on to the next person. And they're like, what happened? And I told him, and they're like, oh, geez. I go, look at it. That's called Murphy's Law. And uh, <laughs> right. I will say that the road down to the Oregon coast is a fantastic road to drive 
in the daytime because it's the windiest, twistiest, funnest road in the world. But at night, it's kind of dangerous and treacherous. And since I, I had like overindulged on food. And then you know what Turkey does? Turkey, what does Turkey do to you? Tryptophan, you sort yes. of phase out. Yes, you go, you get sleepy. And I thought, you know what? As fun of a road as this is, it's not fun at night. I don't feel good. I'm tired. You drive. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right, so you drove this BMW and all we yeah. did was we kind of, the, you know, beat up the iDrive stuff because of the technology. Where did you end yeah, up liking it? They've done it, a great it? job with it now. So, okay, so this is the M440i xDrive Grand Coupe. So four-door hatchback, all-wheel drive, the M440, so it's sort of the, the in-between of like the base 430 and right. the actual M4. So you get a twin-turbo inline-six, 382 horsepower. Compare that to the base model, which has like 255 out of a four-cylinder. And then I think the uh, the M4 is like 470-something. And that's – I don't even know if the M4 comes as a Grand Coupe. But point being is that it's a functional in-between car that drives great, solid acceleration. It's got a Sport and Sport Plus mode. And so that Sport Plus really holds those shifts up. And when you're coming off a highway, you don't even really have to hit the paddle shifters. If you start to hit the brakes – it will downshift and blip that throttle for you. So you have like balanced, aggressive deceleration, you know, the keeping the revs up, coming into a turn, great driver's car. And then on top of it all, awesome, awesome, awesome San Remo green. One of my favorite mm. colors of this year paired with like a, a tan interior that they call um, cognac. So mm. that's my favorite car color combination of any car is, you know, dark green exterior, tan interior, and it just looks, you know, minus the fact that it's a four-door coupe that's not a coupe. <laughs> that's bugging it's, you. It's an amazing-looking <laughs> car. I know what the BMW that we had was this crazy purple. I mean, it's like oh, the colors yeah, that they're doing. About. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like the dark end cars uh, offer that too, yeah. Yeah. So all yeah, in this, all, though. I like this because it, it sort of flies under the radar. It's sort of an adult-looking car. Yeah. It's just a great color green. It kind of shifts in the light. Yeah. Now, and, and that's the thing is what, interesting colors – and you, it, did you say yours was an M also? Was it M four forty? So okay. the so the sub actual yeah. M sort of in between. Right, right. And this one I was driving was an M also. And what they're doing is that they're creating these cars that you have to kind of do a double take with the colors. It's like is that stock color? You know what I mean? It's right. Like, have absolutely. you ever seen like a baby blue Rolls Royce Phantom drop head coupe? And and you go. Does Rolls Royce make that color? Yes, they do. As a matter of fact, <laughs> they'll make you a pink one if you want. Right, you right, know? right. And then you know, to, to come back to the infotainment, you know, this car came with wireless Apple CarPlay and wireless device charging, which is like the most seamless thing ever. You you know, if you want, you can leave your phone in your pocket, but you know, if you want to put it on the wireless device charger, yeah. there are no cables for anything now. I mean, that's. That's where hopefully we're at with every make and model you well, know, in the next couple of years. And it should be for the price you have to pay for these cars. Do you have the window <laughs> on that one? How much was that sucker? Yeah, so just for some context, like the the non-M430 Grand Coupe, the base one starts at 45. The 440 X-Drive that we drove starts at 58. And then once you add the options, you're looking at about 62. Yeah. Actually, which that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, it, it's not. Like the full M4 coupe, I think, is in like the 75, 78 range right. or something like that. Right. So that was a little more of a appearance package thing you had. but No, I mean, it's got, it's got the upgraded powertrain that, that's. Oh, does the, it? The, 
Okay. It's, so it's a twin turbo inline six, but it's not as powerful as the twin turbo inline six in the M4. Oh, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I believe me. They make it in, you know, step up to the to the plate if you want all yeah, the power. From, no, from a performance and from a, uh, you know, an appearance situation, but like namely the engine and the chassis, it really is a an in-between car of the base and the M4. Well, um, after completely embarrassing and humiliating myself telling that story, I think it's, <laughs> at the end of the day, I think it's just funny. You can't make this stuff up, but it happens, you know? Um, getting the car impounded, you know. Oh, well. George, thank you. Everybody's had some some embarrassing car. Uh, you know, knock on wood, I haven't wrecked one You're yet. You're the bigger man for actually sharing it. The, well, you know, I am a bigger man only because I need to lose some weight. <laughs> we'll take a break. George, thank you. <laughs> See you then. Keep drinking water, everybody. Lots of it. Blood loss in a Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, this is called uh, Big Yellow Taxi. And, you know, I used to look forward to taking taxis when I'd go to places. And anymore, you know, Uber, I don't know, and Lyft seems to be my choice. I I think because maybe... Those vehicles are owned by somebody that, you know, actually cares about their vehicle instead of, you know, the smell of urine in the back seat of a big yellow taxi. Uh, BJ Colleen on the line. I don't know. Why did I go there? I don't know. What? I don't know. What kind of cabs are you riding in? Well, I'm thinking about New York City or San Francisco or the big, you know, the yeah. big uh, where people just need a place to urinate. I guess they figure that the back of a taxi is a good place. I don't know. Why does it always smell like urine in a taxi? Anyway. Um, so <laughs> listen, you know, the, the, I quit already. We just I, started and I'm done. <laughs> I was going to play ACDC rock and roll ain't noise pollution. And then, cause we're not done talking about electric vehicles and neither is electric vehicles noise pollution because they don't make any noise. And it's so funny. I was behind a guy the other day and all of a sudden his car goes, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? It's going to blow. You know? <laughs> it's like what is that and the guy rolls his window down it was a honda it was a honda little suv whatever their little honda's suv was and it was it was a couple of year old model and i go does that always make that noise and he goes yeah because otherwise it's dead silent and it has to make a noise when it backs up but the noise That's was correct. atrocious he said i can't back up and have my windows down and be on the phone otherwise you can't hear it over this it's like what is that? Anyway, that's my it's gripe. Gonna, it's going to be really fun with all these electric cars running around and blind people trying to cross the street. This is going to be great. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. So, well, I, it's just like honestly, you know, and I know some of these cars have artificial sound, so yeah. it's, you know it's going to help a little bit. But well, uh, it's just these electric vehicles. You, you know, everybody's going electric, and it's to me, it's like. This is a, it's all a knee jerk reaction. And I know that sounds kind of strange, 
But the bottom line is they didn't think this through. And, you know, we've had this discussion before, Alan, where what happens when the power goes down? What happens in California when you've got brownouts and you can't charge your vehicle? And, you know, what happens when the car now that's got the widest range, I think a little over 400 miles is maximum range, okay? Right. So we've all got electric vehicles. Now, if you want to go across country, you're going to be stopping every three or four hours to charge up your vehicle. So if anybody had a lot of money and was really smart – they would just start doing little charging kiosks every 100 miles, every 200 miles, which maybe they're going to start doing at gas stations. I don't know. But if you can't make it, maybe you need to start a tow service that just comes and picks up your electric vehicle and takes you to the next place where you can charge the vehicle, provided that the charging places aren't full. So, again, it's a great idea in theory, and it's starting to work, but they haven't thought about the long-range possibilities. So right. at some point... If you're not allowed to drive anything but an electric vehicle, it's going to cause problems on the highway. Let's put it that way. And and the noise. You know, think about that funny noise. And you guys have probably heard it before. I went, what is that strange noise? And it was actually an electric car backing up. My daughter has a, what is it? It's the uh, Pacifica, Chrysler Pacifica minivan that is a hybrid. And so- right. Because when it's in the hybrid mode, it doesn't make any noise and it backs up on electricity. It makes that same whatever that thing is. <laughs> but I want to I want to start something, and I probably shouldn't tell my idea. Hmm, let me think about this. You want to start making some special noises for the vehicles, right? I think some are doing it already. No, but, no, like um, ringtones, like like this. You know how you you're like, oh, I want to make that my ringtone. So as we, can you imagine this one? Yeah, like, right. Yoo-hoo, I'm backing up. Yoo-hoo, excuse me, I'm backing up. And everybody's looking around. Where is Mrs. Doubtfire? Hello. You know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm playing again the big yellow taxi that smells like urine just because I thought that was quite funny. Um, yeah, things are changing. Did you hear about Bugatti with their scooter? You know, like a little push scooter thing? Yeah, no, B- I didn't. B- Bugatti. That's yeah, that's coming out of CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. Um, all right, and what are they charging for that? Three million dollars. Uh, well, I don't think they've announced that yet. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're gonna take a break. You guys, if you're looking for a car that you can actually start, maybe with some keys. If you like old cars, uh, you can find all cars at AutoTempest.com. Makes car shopping online easy because of with their search engine. They simultaneously search all car sites like Carvana, Auto Trader, eBay Motors, True Car, Cars and Bids, and all the rest, including Craigslist. You guys check it out. It's awesome. Autotempest.com. And uh, we'll play this out. Big yellow taxi that smells like urine. This is The Drive. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, 
Alan Taylor. I really should come up with some sort of a trivia question for Barrett Jackson for a couple tickets to get in. So I'm going to think about that between now and next week. BJ Colleen joining me. BJ, are you wanting to go to Barrett Jackson? It's the 50th anniversary of Barrett Jackson. You should go. I, I know, and I would love to, but I have to go back to New York for oh. my first trip of uh, the year. Uh, and uh, I would rather be in nice, warm, sunny right? Arizona with Barrett Jackson than stuck in miserable cold Manhattan in New York. But uh, duty calls. Yeah. Don't make a joke about duty. Please, I, okay? I, w- I was going to say nothing better than a good duty, but go ahead. <laughs> But when you're dutiful, you know, or when you're full of duty. You're right. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Potty mouth. Okay, so let's talk about Barrett Jackson. I'm going there, by the way. I'm doing what's called a product showcase thing because Barrett Jackson, unlike many auto auctions, has this gigantic marketplace. I don't know what it's like. You go there to look at cars and there's anything and everything you've ever wanted that may or may not have to do with cars and or the auto hobby, the automotive hobby. And then on top of that, you know, there's yard furniture and there's paintings and there's simulators of, you know, driving car simulators, rings and jewelry and light fixtures made from car parts. And But it's so massive that this year they said, you know what, would you come out here and interview all these entrepreneurs? Because I work with Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm like, yeah, why not? What the heck? It'd be fun. So I, I already did the first one in Houston, and it was it was fun. And they said, and we want you to do some symposiums. So I know you're not going to believe this, but one of the symposiums I'm doing, well, one is with celebrities, which is going to be fun. Celebrities in their cars. So Wayne Carini, and I, I haven't been told the celebrity list yet. They're probably trying to keep that a little bit on the download. But Wayne Carini's a friend of mine chasing classic cars. and uh, But the one I'm going to do that is like mind-boggling that they have me doing it, is on electric cars, which... Oh, brother. <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> but, but, listen, the classic car hobby itself is kind of putting its little toe, you know, the little toe with the canoe-shaped toenail? Little canoe-shaped yes. thing? That, right. it's, going in, it's going in the electric car water, and it, it's going to get shocked a little bit by the price of things that you have to pay when you want it. But General Motors announced a crate motor, right? General Motors, because really it should be general engines because an engine is an internal combustion, a motor is an electric. But you can now buy crate motors and things, and people are buying wrecked Teslas, and they're putting their hot rods on those. And so it's, it's kind of worth listening to what's going on. I know the guys at Gateway Bronco are doing an electric Bronco. This is the old classic Bronco. They're going to be making electrified ones. So yeah, it's going um, to be interesting, though, Alan, because, you know, the cars that are true classics, even the muscle cars, once you start modifying them, they go into a different category. And the prices correct. are different. So, right, right. you know, if you're going to all electric vehicles and you start modifying these classic cars with electric motors in them, and then what happens to the price? So it's, we're going to see this market change a lot also. And I don't know what the fate of some of these stock cars are going to be. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see the industry well, change. I would love, sure. when I was a little kid, my mom had a 1960 Rambler station wagon. You know the one that looks like a little pig? Yep. It's, it's a little round, funny-looking Rambler station wagon. I've seen those things tubbed and you know big giant blown alcohol engines like who would do that to that big heavy thing but i would love to have like an electric version of one of those just for tooling around doing you know but think of the cost of doing that to that car now 
nobody wants one of those silly little cars, and I'm sure you can find them still because they are silly little cars, little station wagons, a two-door station wagon. But uh, I could see kind of, you know, like, hmm, okay, if the price is right, if you know what I'm saying. So I, who knows what's yep. going to happen? It's going to give birth to a whole new, I think, um, slice of the pie. I guess I could say that. So I don't know. It's going to be yep. fun, you know. Yep, gonna have to wait and see. But yep. they got some good cars coming down for the Fast and Furious. Cars are gonna be there. There's a, a 49 Chevy Fleetline that was in the phase of the Furious. They got a Ford Fairlane and Fast and Furious and the Buick Grand National, which is always a fun car to drive, Fast and Furious also. So they've got some cool movie cars. A lot of Broncos I'm seeing, a lot of Land Cruisers from Toyota. Obviously your typical run of, of uh of uh, Corvettes and Mustangs sure. and things like that. So, well, the nice thing about Barry Jackson, fun. they have the full gamut. Um, I bought an SL 500 Mercedes AMG there in Houston, and actually, um, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Uh, I think today, actually, I've got to go pick it up. I had it tuned up and stuff. Anyway, Barrett Jackson coming up. Uh, check it out, Barrett-Jackson.com. BJ, thank you. Thanks, Alan. Have fun. We'll miss you out at Bear Jackson. All right. Um, everybody, I'll see you next week. I'll see if I can't come up with some sort of a silly trivia question and give away a couple tickets. See you then. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback gives you state-of-the-art active safety technology for extra confidence on every drive. You can count on the roomy comfort and impressive cargo space, standard raised roof rails with enhanced tie-down points, and Subaru Starlink Multimedia with an 11.6-inch high-resolution touchscreen to wrap your experience with love for your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models.